Welcome to the Weekly Word from St. Andrew Lutheran Church in Farmersville, Ohio. about about cleaning. Again, I love to clean. I love to put things away. I love to make sure everything is in its proper place. But there is such a thing as overthinking cleaning. Can anybody relate? I saw a couple hands go up there, yes, so you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes I will be looking on the floor and I'll see a piece of fluff on the carpet and I'll go Wah! There's a piece of fluff on the carpet. And then I'll think to myself, John, it's just a piece of fluff on the carpet. It's not going to ruin things. Everything doesn't have to be perfect. Your house is already clean enough. But sometimes I find myself having, I find myself having to tell myself that multiple times a day. Having to remind myself everything is already good enough. 500, um, over 500 years ago, there was somebody named Martin Luther. Now the church, during Martin Luther's time, was teaching people that if you wanted to be good enough, if you wanted to be, if you wanted to be a good enough Christian, then you had to follow, you had to follow rules, you had to live a good life, and you had to be a good person in order for God to love you and in order to get into heaven. But Martin Luther read the Bible and he realized, no, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say that God loves us because um, that unless we're good people, God's going to love us. And the Bible doesn't say that unless we live a perfectly good life, we're going to get into heaven. Instead, what the Bible says is that we are already good enough for God because Jesus died on the cross for us, and he rose again. That means that we are already good enough. We don't have to worry about whether we're keeping all the rules perfectly. We don't have to worry about whether we're following all the laws perfectly, and we certainly don't need to worry about whether or not our houses are clean enough. All that matters is Jesus died on the cross. And for that reason, God loves us. That's why we celebrate this particular Sunday called Reformation Sunday, because, because it was close to this day that Martin Luther nailed, um, like in this picture, nailed a series, of state, uh, um, a series of 95 statements to the church doors in Wittenberg, Germany, where he lived, that said, Everything the church is teaching you is wrong. You don't have to be a good person to get into heaven. You are already a good person, and God already loves you because of Jesus. And that's why we're here today. 
because we also believe that you don't have to be you you don't have to be a perfect person for God to love you. You don't have to follow all the rules and laws perfectly for God to love you. God already loves you. And that's what we're to, that's what we're supposed to tell other people as well. God already loves you. God loves you. He accepts you. He cares for you. He wants you. God already loves you, not because of anything you have done, but because of what Jesus already did for you. God loves you. Everybody, repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for loving me and accepting me just as I am. Amen. morning. By the way, John, uh, you need to put that broom back in the closet, please. Yes, sir. <laughs> the first reading is from the 31st chapter of Jeremiah, starting at the 31st verse, down on page 1227 and 1228. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with your forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. The second reading is from the third chapter of Romans, starting with 19 verse, found on page 1715 of the Bible. Now we know what, that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. But now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in His blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice, because in forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time, 
so as to be just and the, and the one who justifies those who have faith in, in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. On what principle? On that by observing the law? No, but on faith, on that of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. Here ends the reading. Gospel according to St. John, the 8th chapter, beginning at the 31st verse. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And before I begin, yes, Ronnie, I did put the broom away. It is there safe and sound along with the dustpan. Today is indeed a special day called Reformation Sunday. However, in this day and age, Reformation Sunday takes on a different meaning than it has in the past. In the past, Reformation Sunday has generally been all about how Martin Luther was able to triumph over the falsehood of what the church of his time was teaching, and an emphasis on the fact that there is true doctrine and false doctrine, and Luther, and Luther preached the truth. Therefore, this gives us license 
to bash other Christians who do not believe as we do. Those days are over, and they ought to be over. Instead, what Reformation Sunday is all about is something more than simply emphasizing truth and falsehood, but instead, Reformation Sunday, and indeed, being a Christian, as we hear in today's gospel reading from the words of Jesus, is all about freedom. Being a Christian is all about being free. Jesus promises in John 8.36 that if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And brothers and sisters, we are free. We may not realize it, but we are free. Once again, the whole purpose of celebrating today and remembering today is to proclaim and to remember the fact that as Christians, we are free. There is much that we are free from, but more importantly, there is much that we are free for. First of all, we are free for joy. We are free to be happy. We are free to be joyful because of everything we have already been freed from. We are free from sin, from sin's power over us, and especially certain sin's power over us, because we have been forgiven. We are free from any sins, any troubles, which, with, from, with which we have been struggling, because those have been forgiven and wiped clean in the eyes of God. We are free from having to keep going back to the same harmful thoughts and patterns again and again. We are free from having to go back, from having to go back from the same harmful thoughts and patterns that led us into sin in the first place, because Jesus has freed us from them. They have been closed off. The doors to the harmful thoughts and patterns which led us astray in the first place have all been closed, and we are free. We are free from our past, from the guilt and shame of what we have done in the past or what has happened to us in the past. We are free from having to hold on to grudges because we have been forgiven, and so we forgive as we have been forgiven. We are free from having to hold on to whatever has been giving us trouble throughout our lives. We are free to let it all go. We are free from having to fight the battles of the past, whatever those battles may be, and instead move forward into the life of freedom and peace, peace with ourselves and peace with others. This is a peace that God offers us freely to everyone who asks for it. We are free from the future, especially any anxiety or worry about the future, because we know who is in control of our future and who has it entirely in hand. And this is especially a, a helpful message which we can hold on to and which we can proclaim in this day and age of COVID especially as there continues to be much fear. We and everyone else are free from any fears of the future because we know who
who has the future under control. We are free to be happy because God has taken away all anxiety about whether or not we are following his laws correctly. We are free from having to live a life from, from, from having to live a life of being burdened, of having to worry about whether or not we are living a life worthy of God's love. In other words, we are free from having to worry about whether or not God loves us. The promise is that everybody, everybody is loved by God because of Jesus' death and resurrection. That is all that is required. Not any requirements that we have fulfilled or we can fulfill, but instead the requirement that Jesus has already fulfilled. We are all loved by God. God loves each and every one of us because of Jesus. God wants you to be happy. God really does want you to be happy. He wants you to be joyful. He doesn't want you to keep beating yourself up over whether or not you are following rules, laws, or a certain philosophy, or a certain code of behavior correctly. God doesn't want you to worry about whether you are being good enough, whatever the good enough may be, whether it is a good enough somebody has imposed on you, or a good enough you have imposed on yourself. God doesn't want you to worry about whether you are good enough. He wants to free you from that anxiety. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to be content simply with knowing that he loves you just as you are. God doesn't want you to worry about whether you're being a good enough fill in the blank. None of that matters to him, only that you are his child. God doesn't want you to worry about whether you are a, whether you are a good enough certain member of any denomination. God doesn't want you to worry about whether you are a good enough whatever a political label may be. God doesn't even want you to worry about whether or not your house or your life are clean enough. God doesn't want you to worry about any of those things. God only wants you to know that you are his child and that's all that matters. Nothing less, nothing more. We are free from labels, whether political, social, or denominational labels. While that has, again, been, the tradition, been traditionally the purpose of Reformation Sunday, the purpose instead is not to emphasize that our label is better than this label, or we are somehow better than others because, for whatever reason. Instead, we are free from all that. We are free to follow God simply as Christians and look on one another as fellow believers and as Christians. We are free from superstition, having to worry about whether we are performing everything exactly right. We are free from the worry about having to perform correctly because we know God accepts us and our worship and our prayer just as we are. We are free from worry about whether or not we are acceptable to God because we know that 
because and only because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we are fully acceptable to him. We are free from all these things. And there is also much that we are free to. We are free to make a fresh start because Jesus gives us a fresh start. We are free from having to live in the past or having to live in the future. We are free to live in the present and enjoy the present because of everything God gives us to be happy and content in the present moment. We are free to approach God just as he is and just as we are. We are free to come to God freely, being able to access him at all times. We are free to come to God honestly in whatever mood we may be in, believing that he hears and accepts our prayers. We are free to worship God from our hearts, pouring out our words and true feelings to him. We are free to love God freely because he loves us freely. That is the second thing we are free for. We are free for love. God, speaking through the prophet Jeremiah, says in our first reading, which Ronnie read for us just a few moments ago, that God will put his law in our minds and write it on our hearts. The law God writes on our hearts and he puts in our minds is love. This was the law God originally wrote on our hearts and he put in our minds. We were created for love and for relationship. We were created for love for God and love for one another. Unfortunately, all this became corrupted by sin, by self-centered selfishness. All of, this became, all of this became corrupted by a desire, instead of living for God and others, instead of loving God and others, to live only for oneself. However, since Jesus has freed us from sin and sin's power over us, we are free to follow the law God has written on our hearts again. Since we are freed from sin's power, we are free to follow, we are free to follow the movement of God in us. We are free to follow the power of God in us, the power to love. Love is both something for us to enjoy as well as a command. We enjoy God's love, and we are commanded to love others in response to God's love. Love is one of the fruits of Jesus living in us. Which leads us to the next thing we are free for. We are free for service. One of the other reformers of the church, John Calvin, said that faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is never alone. Faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is never alone. In other words, God living in us produces fruit. The power of God and his love for us in us produces fruit. Love produces the fruits of love. Love 
produces love. And the fruits of love are best expressed through service. Service is not just being nice and being kind. Service is not just do, doing something for someone in, in expectation of something else in return. Service is instead following the example of Jesus, freely giving of oneself out of care and out of compassion for another person. Service is giving of oneself out of a desire to relieve the suffering and relieve the struggle of another person. Service is giving of oneself, giving fully, freely, and willingly of oneself to see another person enjoy the same love, enjoy the same care that we are experiencing every day. Service is giving of oneself in order to give others the same benefits from God which we have received. Once again, faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is never alone. And a true faith that is alive and active, a true faith that comes from God being living and active in us, is a faith that expresses itself through service. These are all things for which we are free. These are all things for which Jesus has set us free. These are all things for which we are, as Jesus promises, free indeed, for joy, love, and service. Brothers and sisters, let us live a life of freedom. Let us live a life of true freedom. Freedom to enjoy the joy, love, and service for which God has privileged us. Let us, let us live for God. Let us live the life he desires for us. Let us live that life of freedom. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And now let us stand. And together let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please feel free to place your offering in either one of the plates at the back of the sanctuary. We wish to let our visitors and guests know that you are under no obligation to give. This service is our gift to you. And now, 
let us come before the Lord in confidence, believing that he hears our prayers for the sake of Jesus Christ, his Son. Almighty Father, we thank you for all the men and women whom you have raised up throughout the ages to call your church back to its true mission and its true purpose, to love you, love others, and live, life, and live a life of service to others out of love for you. We thank you for the witness of all those who have called your church to the, tr to the truth back time after time, especially, especially who, have called your, who have called your church to its, true, to its one true purpose, a one true purpose of believing that, that all that is necessary to be saved is to believe in your Son and to live a life of gratitude in response to this. And so we pray that you would help us to live according to this purpose, to live according to this mission you have given us, and to live in joy because you have given us this purpose. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for your church throughout the world. We pray for your church where it is struggling, where it is persecuted. We pray that you would give courage and comfort to all those who are persecuted and that you would turn the hearts and minds of their persecutors and captors. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for your church as we all continue to struggle through COVID. As we all continue to struggle with the realities that, are, that COVID has placed on us financially and other ways. And we pray that you would continue to give us the resources to proclaim your good news to our communities and all the world. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for a spirit of true unity among all Christians, that we would lay aside our labels, lay aside anything which we have set up to, 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 be, bar to be barriers to each other, that we would lay aside anything which we, have, which we have caused, which we have erected to set us apart from each other, and that instead, all walls and all barriers would be broken down so that we may worship as one, live as one, love as one, and serve as one. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all those who are sick and struggling, um, who are struggling in any way, in mind, body, or spirit, especially those known to us who we name silently in our hearts. We also lift up all those who are suffering from the effects of the fires out west, those who are suffering from the effects of the fires in California, and those who are suffering from the fires currently going on in Colorado. We pray for all those who, suffer from, who are suffering from any other natural disasters and those who have been affected by the sudden cold weather coming in in the north. Lord, in your mercy. We give you thanks and praise for the lives of all those who have been witnesses of faithfulness to, who have been witnesses of faithfulness to us. We give you thanks and praise for all those who have lived lives of love for you and who serve as examples for us. And we especially give you thanks for, for the life of Betty Havermail 
and all others whom we remember on this day. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Go in peace, serve the Lord. Please be seated until dismissed. To subscribe to the Weekly Word, please visit your favorite podcast provider. May God bless you now and always.